Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome into another episode of Loon Talk, Score North's Loon-centric podcast covering Minnesota United FC. I am AJ Fredrickson filling in for Jonathan Harrison, who is out this week, and I'm joined, as always, by the voice of the Loons, Mr. Dan Terhard. Dan, it's been a busy week. Two matches since uh, we've last talked. One good, one uh, one not so good, but we'll get into that in a second. How are you doing on this uh, on this Wednesday? I'm doing great, AJ. Yeah, you're right. absolutely right. One good and one, uh, what was that? That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, yeah, there's a lot to talk about on both of those. One good, one bad. Yeah, and uh, tell you what, we'll for the sake of starting upbeat, we'll start with the uh, the win going in chronological order here. As back during the weekend, it was a late night affair. It seems like we can't escape these MLS after dark, these West Coast uh, late late start times. Nine thirty kickoff uh, out in Portland as the Loons travel to face the Timbers, and this one was, I'm not going to say uneventful for the most part, but it was, um, it, it felt like there should have been a lot more than the final of a one nil win for the loons. There was a lot of back and forth play. And, uh, I, I would say there wasn't a shortage of chances for your initial thoughts. And now that you had this one kind of set in before we do recap, do you have any initial thoughts before we kind of break down this, uh, this win by the, by the loons? Well, it seems like a long time ago because I can't get the uh, the vision of uh, last night's match out of my head. It's kind of stuck there. But um, I think what we saw was a team that is maybe showing us this is the way they have to win. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we have to play tough defense. You don't have to get a clean sheet every night out because you're not going to. But we have to play tough defense. We can't give up a lot of opportunities. And we have to score when we get a good chance. And there hasn't been enough of that lately. You get one goal and you get the win. You know what? Let's take that on the road, especially, and come home with it. So uh, I think that after that game Saturday, they're very happy with what happened. I mean, who's not? What team in this league, except maybe LAFC, isn't going to happy to get a road win? I mean, you get a road win, you win one nil. That's kind of the way you draw it up. So uh, unless you're a team that you know is scoring three goals a match, then it doesn't matter. Then life's great for you. But for the rest of the teams, this is the way you want to win. And and you know a second goal would have taken some pressure off. But I thought they played a good ninety minutes. Yeah, and they come out with their with their kind of traditional four two three one formation. Kamara Lawrence, Miguel Tapias, Michael Boxel across the back with DJ Taylor there on the right back position. Will Trapp and Hassani Dotson uh, get the nod in the midfield. Joseph Rosales starts um, kind of in that left wing ish left mid area with Franco Frangapane in the middle. Bangukle Longwane on the right side and Luis Samaria as the lone striker. Very in terms of bookings and overall. Uh, chances kind of uneventful in the first half, but we go to the second half and things start really kicking off a uh, couple yellow cards as McGraw and uh, Bravo for the, uh, the opposite side of Portland get booked. There's a couple changes as well. A, a, a massive changes in the 70 to kind of between 70 and 80 minutes for Adrian Heath as he takes out Amaria in replace of San Ben Young. Uh, Rosales comes out for Ariaga and Mender Garcia comes in for Franco Fragapane. Michael Boxel gets booked in the 82nd minute and we go to stoppage time, Dan. And there at, at this point, it, it, I know it's, and you can probably attest to this, but in every commentator's book is there's always that line of, 
oh, will we have the the deciding one here? And it always seems mm-hmm. you, you you've heard of the commentators jinx. Well, you you have the almost the the pretense the um, the look ahead, and you, you had a fantastic job of that because you lead right into it with this call here on Bongi's uh, game winning goal in the uh, fifth minute of stoppage time. So this one could end at any moment. Trap. Lobs one ahead, but Song Bin Young had to get on side. Now Garcia catches up with it. Mender maybe a last chance. Mender at the 18. Mender drops it back. Ariaga to the right side. Longwane with a shot. He scores! Longwane scores in stoppage time. Bong Hook late goal. Wane strikes again. Minnesota. Is going to get a win on the road at the very last second of play. And due to the hustle, what a run by Mender Garcia. Nobody thought he could get there in time. Mender used his speed to set it up. And Bongi gets his fourth goal of the season. Are you kidding me? They are stunned at Providence Park. The last kick of the game. We've already seen a result like that go the other way and kind of... Uh, and bite the loons earlier this oh, season with one yeah. of those last second thrillers. Um, only fitting that they get one of their own here in a very important road game and a team that had been slumping, you could say. Um, it, it needed to get out of a rut and really kind of change the tempo and really find their game again. Um, Bongi gets the goal, last kick of the game for a 1 0 win over Portland. First off, what does it mean to get that win late, but against a team like Portland that is no slump? Yeah, well, we always talk about it during the broadcast. I talk about how, you know, you, you just, you get to extra time and it's usually anywhere between, you know, two and five minutes generally. And you just hope to get that in that extra time, you create one good chance. If you do that, you got a chance to win the game in extra time. Um, so, or tie it up depending on the situation. And so what we've figured out other than that one match where they gave, you know, six extra minutes or whatever that was ridiculous number was. And Minnesota ended up giving up a goal. What we figured out is that normally you get to that minute, three minutes, minimum, four minutes, minimum, whatever. Once you get to that mark, usually the next break in play, uh, if there's a corner kick, they'll finish that out. If there's a goal kick, they'll let the goaltender put it in play. Then the whistle comes. So nobody knows for sure, but uh, the referee, who was it, uh, Armando Villarreal, if if this is true. But in my opinion, in my best judgment, after that rush by Minnesota, uh, either it was going to end up in a corner kick or a goal kick, that kick would have been followed through, and then it would have been the whistle. So, again, that's just my speculation. Goal, AJ. If you didn't have Mender Garcia on that run, if that was, say, Luis Amaria, that goal doesn't happen because Mender Garcia not only got to that ball first, but he got there quick enough. It was I think it was Zuprich was the defender, I think. Um, yeah, Dario he Zuprich got there, was the defender. Yeah, he, he, he got there so far ahead of Zuprich that he had time to turn and, and decide what to do. Now, if yeah. that's somebody else and they just get there just a half a step ahead of a Zuprich, that, that doesn't happen happen he got there so fast that he could turn look lay it off with a nice pass calmly no no panic to uh ariaga and then he finds uh bongi and then and then it's goal one a time so 
that so not enough credit is probably given to a guy like Mender on that goal because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen without his speed, and that was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, he comes on in the 79th minute. So a guy with that speed coming on, I'm not going to say that late, but mm-hmm. for the sake of tempo stuff, that's when you're able to get him on. He's got essentially a full tank of gas. And for a guy like Zuperich, who yeah. had started the game, he's you know he's that right center back for uh, for Portland. He's tracking all around. If you look at his heat map, he he gets around. It's 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 a great matchup for Minnesota. Mender's lightning like speed, uh, like you said, said mm-hmm. he creates something out of nothing there. And you know for for something where the ref uh, via Real is probably thinking of bringing that whistle to his lips here any second. As soon as he sees the hustle there to keep that play alive, that's almost like the defibrillator on the game of like you you just heard <laughs> yourself a couple more heartbeats. Yep. We're, we're going to let you play another. 10 15 20 seconds and that's all minnesota needed um and bongi does uh, find his way past ivicic and uh, a, a huge three points for minnesota on the road let's talk about really quick the the, the midfield what did you think of what you saw from the likes of asani dots and will trap uh, out in portland uh, i thought they were they were what we expect them to be will trap sits back lower most of the time usually is pretty dependable back there makes better passes he struggled a bit this year i think from time to time and hasani dotson is the energy he's he's the guy that's all over the place right side left side pushing up behind uh the uh, the number 10 whoever that happens to be for the night franco whoever and uh, i think we saw what we'd expect to see out of those two um, it's a little different when Ariaga is back there. Um, but I, you know, I'm pretty comfortable. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty comfortable with any of those three, uh, Dotson, Trap, and Ariaga. They, that seems to be the rotation, those three in those two positions. And to me, uh, any combination of those two has been pretty good. As I said, with the exception of, uh, Trap has had a few matches this year where he's just looked out of sorts a little bit, but I thought he was pretty good on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and, and you, I think your point's exactly right. They, I'm confident with each of those, like whatever pairing you're going to go out there with, mm-hmm. it, it works, especially in that four-two-three-one, um, because they all and they all offer a little bit of a different um, boost in certain areas, and you can cater based on what the opponent is, is, is going to be. Hassani, like you said, he he's wild. He's able to kind of. I think he's more progressive on the ball. He's able to push things yeah. um, slightly offensively if needed. Whereas Will Trap. He's kind of got that defensive mid mindset to where he's going to lock things down and help out the back line if needed. And Kervin is a good mix of both. He can um, push the ball forward a little bit, but he's got a great defensive mind as well. And he, he his instincts defensively, I think, help uh, attribute his game pretty well uh, as well. So um, let's maybe switch uh, after that win that moves the Loons into sixth place in the Western Conference. Uh, they're currently sitting at 18 points, locked in with San Jose uh, with also 18 points. They are just sitting below them, the earthquakes, due to the uh, goal differential. San Jose with minus one, Minnesota with a minus two. We'll go to last night. Um, the U.S. Cup, U.S. Open Cup, uh, Minnesota gets squared off and paired with Houston Dynamo, their opponent from uh, just a week ago now, I want to say. Mm-hmm. They were able to get that win. Um, on the or at home rather against Houston, their first win at Allianz Field. Just ugh, it, it, last night was not good. It was the Corey Baird show. He gets a hat trick four one the or four zero the final, 
and uh, Minnesota's dreams of a trophy in the U.S. Open Cup comes to an end. This was a match for me that I had on. I was actually at the station last night during my shift. I had it on. Um, I, I enjoy that they stream all these games on YouTube for just anybody that is able to watch it. Um, obviously, I would love if we were able to cover them ourselves, but it's uh, for the sake of how this one turned out, maybe what was was better that I wasn't able to pay full attention to it. Um, did, how much of this did you catch and what uh, what main takeaways do you have from a very tough night down in Houston. Well, first of all, I don't, I don't know if anybody's dreaming about a Lamar hunt U S open cup. I don't know if anybody <laughs> remembers who won it last year, even the city that did. Um, when I, I, let's, let's go chronologically. Okay. I've always said this, the U S open cup comes down to which teams really want to put the effort in to win it. Mm-hmm. And how much do you want to take away from your regular season? Minnesota coming off a brutal stretch of games. So a decision had to be made. Do we start our best lineup and have a really good chance of winning down in Houston? When the lineup came out, it was obvious that was not the game plan. The game plan was, and this is what I agree with doing, let's put out there a decent lineup and hope that Houston kind of has the same attitude, and then maybe we can squeak out a win. It might be even up. Houston apparently wanted it worse than Minnesota or felt their players had they had more players available that could go the 90 minutes or 60 minutes. And so they got the win and I'm okay with that. I don't, I, let's say they're not throwing any parades for winning the Lamar hunt U S open cup. Um, <laughs> it's sure it's a trophy, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I agree with the, you know, one thing I don't agree with is I don't know why you played Bongi so much. His, this is our best player right now, uh, especially with Robin Ludd out and Reynoso not back yet. Longwane is our best player right now, and I would have sat him out on Tuesday last night. I would have sat him for this weekend because at the end of the day, we're playing for an MLS Cup, and the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Let's get you know what? Let's get people in this country to understand what the MLS Cup is, and then we'll work on the secondary and third and fourth trophies that these teams play for. This is this is the United States. Most fans don't get the in-season tournaments. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely. just for it is. It's it's absolutely foreign to most U.S. sports fans. And I'm okay that they're done. I'd rather see these players well rested and focused for MLS play because this team's got a lot of work to do. Uh, they're sitting in the middle of the pack right now and are no by no means, you know, charging to the top of the West. They need they need some time. So I'm glad it's over and I'm glad we can now focus on the MLS. But I did watch the first half, AJ. Couldn't watch anymore after that. It just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't. Yeah, I don't, it just, I don't blame you. you could tell by that length. There were guys in positions that just didn't look right, even on paper. And turned out it, my hunch was correct. It didn't, didn't work out well on the pitch either. So, so Houston moves on. That's good for them. But uh, let's get back to work. And we've got a two-game winning streak in the MLS now. See, yeah. To me, extending that to three games is more important than uh, than beating Houston last night. Yeah, and you mentioned the lineup just really quick before we maybe move on to what else happened in the MLS this past weekend. But uh, Clint Irwin in goal, DJ Taylor, Brent Coleman, Michael Boxel, Zarek Valentin on the back line. Uh, they go with a 4-4-2, so the midfield looked like Joseph Rizal's on the left, Kervin Ariaga in the middle with Will Trapp, and then Bongi on the right side, uh, Songbin Young and Mendrick Garcia up front. Uh, 
bad night at the office for Kervin Ariaga. He gets a yellow card in the 30th minute. Then there's a <laughs> not this isn't on him, but there then there's a handball in the box um, after a little bit of plinko happens. Uh, Corey Baird steps up. He nets the first one of the night on the PK. He beats Clint Irwin in the 33rd minute. Five minutes later, Kervin Ariaga with a I'm not going to call it a smart play. Um, another yellow card. He gets a red. So at the 38 minute mark, Minnesota is down a man down one nil. And at this point, you're kind of thinking this, uh, this could be it out of halftime, a lot of changes. And I, and you mentioned, uh, playing Bonhoeckle along one, Adrian Heath does go with a little bit of rest, even though I think that's one of the narr- uh, narratives around maybe him is that he just continues to play people, even though sometimes you might need to give these guys a rest. Um, Kamara Lawrence comes on for DJ Taylor. Dunbar comes on for long one and Hassani Dotson comes on for will trap all right out of halftime. So those guys um, playing 45 minutes uh, last night against Houston. And then Fragapane comes on for Songbin Young later in the 69th minute. But uh, <clears throat> in the meantime of the second half, Corey Baird, 2-0 two, two in the 68th minute. Ibrahim Aloui uh, in the 79th minute to make it 3-0. And then 89th minute, um, Corey Baird again. He had himself a hat trick. Yeah, four, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Four, good for four him. Nil. Too, bad does, too bad doesn't count. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll move all along here to the rest of the MLS and, uh, some major happenings. I think the first one, and maybe the only one that is worth talking about that is notable. If my computer wants to load here is the match that occurred. Dan, I, I, do you know where I'm already going with this? Nope. No. Um, it is, you know what, actually it might've been just this past uh, week because I believe LAFC, there it is. LAFC. Oh, Oh, rather, excuse me, excuse me. I thought this was from the past weekend. I, I just saw the headline of it. This was actually just from last night. LAFC, they lose to LA Galaxy in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, not necessarily a, M- a MLS-related regular mm-hmm. season thing, but for the sake of it being the two LA teams and one being th- the best team in the league and one having a horrendous, horrendous start to the season, um, I'm sure you can understand how that happened. And even with like the JV and a half squad from LAFC, um, <laughs> right. LA galaxy, they needed a win. So they, uh, they do that. See, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I would say there's a team, the LA galaxy, they're in a position where their season is real close to being already labeled a disaster. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for anything exciting, anything to get their fan base energized, anything to get the team feeling good. So you're, they're going to go into the U.S. Open Cup, and they're going to throw everything on the line. They're going to throw out their best lineup. They're going to play like this is a MLS uh, Cup playoff game because for them to get a win is just – that's a great thing. And for them to beat their crosstown rival is huge, especially since they're in first in the, in the Western Conference. So – and LAFC, I didn't see the lineup, but I'm guessing they threw their yeah, so-so lineup out there, <laughs> figuring that would be enough to win, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. So – that's what if there's and I don't like a lot about these in-season tournaments, but what I do like about them is the head games that these these coaches and teams play with each other. Are you going to put out a good lineup? Are you going to try or are you just going to throw out there, you know, kind of a eh, lineup and hope you get lucky or are you going to throw everything you got at us? And, you know, I guarantee you LAFC did not like losing that match. And if they had known what they know now, they'd have played a different lineup. So. That's kind of the cool part about this is the is the uh, the 
chess game that goes on with these managers decide who to play and how serious they need to be and and what level they need to compete at. So, um, yeah, it's it's that's great for LA Galaxy. Um, the the one match I think that otherwise stands out from the past week have happened as part of MLS Rivalry Week: St. Louis City and uh, Sporting Kansas City, which currently couldn't be further. I mean, they could be further in the tables, but it, it's it's a tale of two different clubs here. But um, I'm not sure exactly what you know they 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 like to coin the like El, El Trafico and all that <clears> stuff. <throat> but this is the first Kansas City derby or the you know. Misery El, down in El Cornfieldo. El Corn. Yes, I, I like that. We'll get that one going. Um, St. Louis City. Wow, four nil. Um, and granted, I don't think Sporting Kansas City is necessarily the, the fiercest side, but I I didn't expect St. Louis City to put up a four spot uh, over their close and proximity rivals. No, I thought that we had to, with our with our help sporting kansas city had turned the corner and they were they were going to be a little more competitive now and i keep waiting and this will come up and write that down i keep waiting for st louis city to kind of uh not not necessarily crumble but eh, kind of drop a little bit they've they've stayed in the top uh, four longer than i thought they would uh in the western conference uh, for an expansion team, it's amazing. So their story still is pretty amazing this season. But yeah, I would I could have taken a lot of picks, and I would not have picked that storyline in that matchup. Uh, so that concludes kind of look across the league. Remember that this upcoming Saturday, May twenty seventh, seven thirty kickoff between Minnesota United and Real Salt Lake at Allianz Field. Dan, you and Jonathan will be out there. Uh, live at the game, we'll have pregame coverage starting at seven o'clock on ESPN 1500. You can listen live uh, on AM 1500, 94.5 HD2. Uh, the Score North mobile app, which is free to download, or on live.1500ESPN.listen.com. Um, that once again, 7:30 kickoff this Saturday, May 27th. Uh, let's go ahead and move into the predictor portion of the game uh, of the show, I should say. Uh, it, we're not going to do a, an accountability session. We'll have Jonathan back next week and he will uh, be able to kind of delve in and kind of catch everybody up on where we're at. He's going to be so far behind because he's missed a few weeks in a row here. But uh, at, at this point, I really don't care whether or not we just blow him out of the water in this game. So do you want to explain to people what the predictor is? Yeah, it's pretty simple. We have uh, three predictions on upcoming matches in the MLS, one including the upcoming um, Minnesota matches for the week, this week against Real Salt Lake. Get the winner or draw correct, you get a point. Get the score exactly correct, you get another point. Six total points possible, but that never happens. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to go first here or do you want me to? You go ahead. All right. So my first one, and we'll start with the Minnesota-Real Salt Lake game. I say Minnesota takes down Real Salt Lake at home. They get their second win of the season at uh, Allianz Field, two mm-hmm. to one. God, that's to one. the score. That's the score everybody wants, two yeah. to one. All right, well, I had the same thing. So I am going to – see, I see. this leads me to either go with a 2-2 draw or maybe a 1-0 win because I, as much as I'd like to see it, I have Three a hard time. Is, is I, just, can't, I, I can't do it. You, they got to they gotta show me. Show me that can happen. Uh, I'm going to go one uh, nil then Minnesota. All right. One nil uh, Minnesota. Yep. I'm going to, we just talked about how kind of poor sporting Kansas city has been this year, despite maybe writing the wrongs against Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Um, 
I'm going to say when Portland faces them, they will win 2-0 this weekend. So Portland 2-0 over Sporting Kansas City. Yes, you left me. I have that one written down too, but I've got Portland 2, Sporting Kansas City 1. Oh, there right. we go. That worked out well. I got my score. Uh, and my last one, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to head to the Eastern Conference here for this one, but the New England Revolution take on the Chicago Fire this weekend, and New England will win 4-0 over Chicago Fire. Whoa, picking the big crooked number. Nice, yep. way to go. Um, I, my third one, I... I am not, but I know you, Jonathan would could see this coming a mile away. I'm not a believer in San Jose as being a top five team. Uh, and I think Dallas will go into San Jose this weekend and shut them out 2 0. Dallas 2, San Jose 0. All right. All right. Uh, we'll do write that down here next before wrapping up the show. Write that down is similar to the predictor, but not in the sense of picking scores. It's soccer related predictions. Each one. Um, has to include at least one Minnesota United related prediction. It doesn't have to necessarily happen this week. It can, but it could also be a little further down the line. Um, so we will uh, go here first. I'll let, I'll let you start things off here, Dan. Right yeah, there. down the line, because Jonathan picks everything for the end of the season. So he's yeah. got about 30 points in the bank at the end of the year. So he's gonna close uh, that's that okay. Point gap. That's all right. It's good. It's within the, it's within the guidelines of the uh, write that down handbook. So all right, here's my first one. At the end of the regular season, Banghukle Longwane will be Minnesota's leading goal scorer. He is the leading goal scorer now with three, just barely. But I predict at the end of the year, he will lead them in goals. So, uh, And it might five might do it. I don't know. It just depends on what Reynoso does. So uh, write that a, down. <laughs> it's going to be a, a team that has like seven different five goal scorers, and it's just – Oh, I, I, gosh, I hope so because I don't think there's going to be that many. No, there's not. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to say, write this down. Minnesota United will be in the top four of the Western Conference at some point within the next month. So it's currently May 24th. I'm going to say by, uh, what is it, June 24th, they will climb up to be at some point into the top four. They're a few points off. They're in the sixth uh, position right now. But uh, I'm thinking that some teams will falter. They'll get a little hot, and they'll get up into that uh, top four at some point. Jonathan hates those picks because – some because the MLS, unlike other sports, actually has the standings are live. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's has a lead, the standings will show them as if they have the points and it moves them in the standings. So they could actually, if they you know play earlier than a team in front of them, could be in fourth place for like an hour, even if they but, start that at the same time. But if they score in the f- first five yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Jonathan hates those because at some point they could be for like 10 minutes and that's it. So anyway, all right. Uh, my number two, St. Louis. Um, I'm not completely sold. So I'm saying uh, St. Louis at the end of, I'm piling up at the end of the year like Jonathan does. I like it. At the end of the regular season, St. Louis will finish no higher than fifth in the West. So they Ooh. cannot, they will not occupy a top four spot. Write that down. All right. Um, my next one here coming up this weekend, this Sunday, it's uh, it's one of my favorite like sports two hour periods um, of the, of like the year, because it's the final match week for the premier league. They play all of the games at the exact same time. So you're bouncing around. You have all this stuff. And sometimes there's bigger implications. Sometimes there's not, but right now, Leicester and Leeds both uh, have the potential to be relegated. They're in the 18 mm. spots. They both trail Everton in the 17 spot by two points. 
my prediction, write this down. One of either Leicester or Leeds will not be relegated um, after Sunday. So one of them is going to win. I expect uh, Everton to drop all three points. They might get one, but I don't think they'll, uh, they'll win and secure um, staying in the premier league. So um, I'm going to say that uh, one of either Leicester or Leeds are able to uh, stay up. To stay up. Okay. One will be relegated. Got it. Okay. Uh, Let's see my final one. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to my favorite team, FC Kaiser Slaughter. Yeah. Uh, They've got a tough one on Sunday. They play Dusseldorf. And unfortunately, I hate to pick. I hate to say this, but they're going to get shut out. Uh, Dusseldorf will get a clean sheet, and my uh, my boys from Kaiser Slaughter are going to get blank. So write that down. All right, my final one. I'm going to stick with uh, game week 38 for Premier League. It's usually a goal fest because you have so many guys that just. There's a lot of games that really just don't mean anything, so they throw out these like 19 year old kids who. You know, would never have <laughs> played if it was an important game. And just to get them some right. minutes and like, have the experience and everything like that. Uh, but with that, you end up seeing guys in maybe goal races where there's like maybe incentives for their contracts. They're trying to get, you know, four goals. or There will be at least a hat trick on the final day of the Premier League uh, on Sunday. Okay. There are a lot of hat tricks one. in the Premier League, so. Yeah. If you, were, um, if, you were really, if you were really gutsy, you'd say there'd be at least two. Yeah, but this is this isn't the Galazzo. This isn't the Galazzo fix. All right, all right. Um, any final words from you before we uh, we part ways here until Saturday? Um, no, I do. I didn't mention uh, if 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 fans didn't see it after uh, uh, Bongi scored that goal in Portland the other night. Oh yeah, the tribute to Robin Lud. I thought was pretty cool. He did the uh, the Robin Lud uh, fire the arrow thing after he scored. Uh, Robin's usual celebration. I thought that was really cool. Um, this team, God, I can't help but be optimistic for uh, when Emmanuel Reynoso comes back because of the play. I mean, think about it. We've always last year we had Emmanuel Reynoso. Mm-hmm. Who else did we have that was exciting? Yeah. Robin Lud was good last year, but he wasn't. Robin's not exciting. Sorry, no. Robin, but you're not. You just you're just you're steady and you're tricky and you're slick, but you're not exciting. And all of a sudden now we've got a long one a who's turning out to be very exciting to watch. Franco is energized. I don't know. I'm just very I'm excited about this club when Reynoso comes back. He can change this club. Now, will he? You know, will it work that way? I don't know. But man, if he can put up about 10 goals and 10 assists from, uh, you know, June till the end of the season, like he did last year. Um, I think this team is going to have a really good second half of the year. So I'm feeling good. And a quick note on that, which maybe is bearing the lead, but since we've last talked, um, he has been both his, his suspension has been uplifted. He's Mm -hmm. been cleared to return to team activities. So the only thing really holding him back from being back in the lineup is his physical level and the team actually saying, Hey, you're suiting up. So um, it's a matter of time. I'm sure sooner rather than later, just based on uh, the player, the level of quality he is as a player. But, you know, it's not uh, they're going to have to knock off some rust there, I imagine, for sure. Yeah. Get him in shape and get him back on the pitch. And uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing keeping you and I out of the lineup is our physical (laughs) condition and the team wanting us. So so once we once we get in physical shape and the team wants us, we're in, too. So I I know I think he'll be back. I hope so. What do you think? June 1st, maybe? Week and a half? Yeah, I, I bet. I mean, you he's I'll, doing nothing but training right now. That's what he's doing all day, every day. Let me let me let me see here. So they have May May twenty seventh. Quick reminder: 
May 27th, yeah. Saturday, 7.30 kickoff. Mm-hmm. You can listen live, ESPN 1500 AM. Um, 7.30 kickoff, 7 o'clock pregame with Dan and Jonathan on the call. And then they have a midweek match against Austin on May 31st. Mm-hmm. So you're predicting he will get the call for Toronto on That'll Saturday. Be Toronto yeah. on June 23rd is what you're not, a, not an official write that down, but that's, I don't, your, that's your I don't think that's unreasonable. Do you? I don't think so either. I, no, I mean, and, and it's probably coming in in the 60th minute. I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bolder. I bet you he gets 10 minutes against Austin on Wednesday. Maybe. Oh, you think Wednesday? Okay. I'll take that side bet. I think his first appearance is against Toronto. Okay. I'll, yeah, but, I'll but the more I think about it, if things are going not well, he, he might be in against Austin. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think we're pretty close. I'd be surprised unless there's a setback that we don't know about, but um, as long as they keep him away from airplanes headed towards, uh, you know, Argentina, we're fine. So just Absolutely. keep him away from the airport. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this episode of Loon Talk. Remember to like rate, subscribe and download to uh, support the pod. It really means a lot. Dan. Have a great rest of the week. I will talk to you on Saturday for the call as Minnesota hosts Real Salt Lake. Have a great one. See you.